night, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Love Pod 19. The A team's back. It's right. That's right. It's myself. Uh, couldn't make it last week. I had a better offer. Bit of a work reunion night out. It's a good one as well. Turned into people ordering WKDs and all kinds of things. Which brings us on to my first point. Dan's back from Zante. Dan. In terms of, if you could rank it out of 10, 10 being the person you were when you left and one being uh, your average Bolton Wanderer fan on Twitter, how how are you feeling? I feel like half of my brain cells have been deleted over the past week just from blurring music, various different strengths of alcohol and my mates being nearly just complete dicks and nearly every day. But apart, as in, in a good way, you know, it is the... <laughs> Hashtag laddie banter, but yeah, it's, it was, yeah. it's quite good. I, I do feel like a dead man now. Early appearance from the loft dog, oh, everybody. That's got to be a record. Uh, That's right, earlier on than ever. Well, welcome welcome back, and uh, I'm also joined tonight by uh, by Tom. Tom, are you all right? Let's, let's go through your first lads holiday away, Tom. Where did you go? Mag- Magaluf, was that before? I think, it, yeah, Magaluf. Magaluf and then Sunny Beach in Bulgaria the year after. Excellent, Sunny um, Beach, of course, the, lo- the location of our game against Lokomotiv Plovdiv. I'm sure you'll all learn along. Was that coinciding with the game? No, no, I wouldn't ruin a lad's holiday with to the pre-season. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, no such uh, luxury for me. It was it was Kavos, Kavos, the dirtiest place I've ever been in my life, and I include Wigan in that uh, in that stretch. <laughs> but we're all back, and we're all we're all refreshed. Looking forward to an exciting and I'm happy to say incident-packed love pod tonight. The agenda is humongous. So we'll, we'll go through it all. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, I'm sure we'll try and keep it brief. That's the way your mum likes it. Okay, so first bit of news tonight. It's just broken a couple of hours ago, um, relevant to Wanderers in the fact that Leicester, hilariously, have appointed Claudio Ranieri as their new manager, which is it, just bizarre, absolutely bizarre. Yeah. 60-odd-year-old Italian chap, who, who his last job got sacked from the Green team after losing against the Faroe Islands. Twice. Um, Twice, twice was it twice? Twice. Yeah, I didn't even realise, but yeah, in their infinite wisdom, Leicester's tie owners have chosen Mr. Ranieri, who I always thought was Argentinian for some reason, but it turns out he's Italian. Uh, he's taken on to Leicester now. I'm, I'm not, I want you both to be fairly brief on this, but Tom, that's got to be one of the last per, last people that you would have predicted to take over there. But at least it's not Lennon, eh? Well, I, I mean, I, I said in, I said in my I said in my last article that I was going to try and be positive and uh, turn down the doom and gloom a little bit. But f- for us, this is probably one of the worst appointments Leicester could have mm. made. Because if anyone's going to get sacked before Christmas, it's him. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I was I was really pleased when um, Hiddink was, was linked with it. I thought, that's brilliant, because he's, he's not going to get sacked. He'll, he'll do a great job there. And then that disappeared. Um, like you said, for the time being, it's not Lennon, but long term... I think we're still in mm. with a, still in with a, the risk of losing him. Agreed, Dan. I, I, I'm going to try and come to you with easy questions because I know you're probably still uh, at this time of night. You're probably still just about getting ready to go and hit the clubs and, and do a bit of in between the in between the stick. I'm sure. But uh, got withdrawal symptoms and everything. <laughs> My hands are like ghost moving because I should be like jiving. But that's right. You know Put, putting a massive dunk on it. Um, but Ranieri, it's a good one on that, isn't it? or is it? No, because he will be sat by November, and then, mm-hmm. as I said, I think last week, it will make complete sense that they'll come for Lennon then, because he's he's the type of man who, if a team is feeling down and dejected, or are like resting on the laurels somewhat, he's the one who's going to come in and get the fucking fireworks up their ass and get him playing again. And that's what I feared when Pearson was apparently sacked in February last year, well, last season, whatever. And that is my, yeah. my mortal fear already now. So, I think, well, I think though, as when we had Mark Isles on the show a few weeks back, he said there's no point living in fear of him going because we may as well just enjoy him while he's here, and that's what I'm going to try and do for a bit now. Very true. Well, on that positive note, um, it's been an interesting week in the world of football. There's been a lot of to and fro and uh, well, another one from today. United spunking the cash like like something like it's going out of fashion. Only only a mere forty two and a half million pounds spent today on on Schweinsteiger and, and Schneiderlin. Um, someone posted a tweet the other day about a Pokemon midfield of Schneiderlin, Schweinsteiger, and uh, Jeffrey Schlupp. I think it was. It was good. Schneider. Um, Snyder, that's the one. That's yeah, the one. I, 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 laughed, I laughed at myself, pretending that I knew what Pokemon was and what the joke was, but I, I just, it just made me feel old. Um, but, Dan, you've got to be happy with Schweinsteiger. 
Now, as a disclaimer, you don't have to pronounce any names if you're feeling a bit delicate, but Schweinsteiger's a top signing, isn't he? Yeah, I'm really excited to see him in the league. Um, obviously, he's coming to the end of his career now, but with the amount of midfielders United have already got, just having him in there, like the experience, and you know, he's a winner. I can see United winning the league this year, it's between them and Chelsea at the minute. Mm, he's um, only 30, he's yeah, only 30, exactly. you won't be writing him off just yet. No, not at all, but I think Van Hal's training regime is notoriously quite and as we'll come on to with training regimes, it's a, really, it's a really, you know, notoriously quite a difficult one. And if he's mm. and if Schweinsteiger gets worked the way that maybe a younger one is, he might not last quite as well as we, one would hope. But I am excited to see him in the league, and I think Schneiderlin's a good signing. Why Arsenal or Liverpool, a team who needed more, didn't sign him? I'll never know. But the one, the one signing United made that I am really happy about is Damian because he's a great player, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the league personally. Mm, interesting. I know they're making a bit of a stretch for it, aren't they? I still think they're, they're a bit of a striker short. Not oh, to mention, not to mention somebody who can negotiate outgoing transfers. I think they got something like nine million quid combined from for Nani and Van Persie, yeah. um, which doesn't sound like a great deal. Tom, do you, do you think they could have uh, could have held out for a bit more? Or do you think it's just one of those ones where they wanted to clear the decks and then they can fetch the new lads in at any cost? It, I think with with Nani, you'd assume so, wouldn't you? Because he's been on the fringes and out on loan, mm. but. Van Persie, I mean, he was Van Gaal's captain for for the for the Dutch national team, and it just it all seems a bit weird. I thought Van Gaal would have treated him a little bit better than that. And what he's doing going to Turkey, I mean, I know he's I know he's past his best, but what's he doing going there? Surely, nice place, nice beaches. No, surely, like I don't know, there'd be there'd be somewhere in Italy in particular or France that'd be able you could go to Monaco or to a Juve, something like that. I just, oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? <laughs> I, I totally agree with you, but it's interesting to see how these these, these players are, are turning to places like Turkey these days. There's a lot of expensive players going over there and into Russia and places like that as well. I guess these days that the beggars can't be choosing. If you want to get paid a certain amount of money in the lifestyle that your wife's accustomed to, you've got to uh, you've got to go where it says. But I can think of worse places to play football for a couple of years, definitely. Um, okay, so third issue on on this is, is actually something, and we're going to reveal at eight o'clock in the morning tomorrow. We've embargoed this article for a little bit of time uh, due to some, well, legal difficulties, shall we say, in, in deciding whether to post this. This article about the uh, the away kit. Now we can talk about it freely on the pod. I'm positive because by this time the pod comes out, the article would have come out. So, Tom, as the uh, as the sort of spearhead of this campaign, do you want to just give us a bit of information about this away kit? Apparently, the away kit will be black with a gold trim next season. Now, with it being Macron and Macron being Macron, it'll be difficult to think of the design because you know with Adidas or with Reebok, you can always guess what the design would be, but so how it looks, I don't know, but apparently black with a gold trim. Mm, and a modified badge as well, is that right? Um, yeah, on the third kit. I was hoping maybe Dan would be able to shed some light on that because I think yeah. Dan's had a, a cheeky look at it. But I've, I've heard that the crest is going to be adapted for the third kit. Did I'm you see that? Is it, is it going to be the one that they've been releasing as part of the, 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 the sort of um, the logos, you know, with a little remembering the 33 around the outside, that kind of thing? When, yeah, possibly. Where I saw the kit, usually when we had a blue and black kit, like a few years ago, the kit was the badge was like completely white, and it wasn't on that kit. And I was surprised at that I didn't really get that much close look at the badge, but it did look it was in colours and it did have like the red um, banner or whatever at the bottom. So it might have been. Yeah. But, yeah I don't think the Commander badge would be on the away kit. It would it, if it's anything, it'll be on the third kit because as we said in the article, the third kit is um, you know in in memory of the Burton Park disaster. So that would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it's interesting, and, and I'm glad they've taken that step to make it a bit more personalised for us. Because there's nothing worse than a, a template kit. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the new Leeds kit, by the way. Um, oh, it's brilliant! It looks like something. It, it's nice, but it looks like something from Pro Evo. It's just basically a, a white a white kit with a, with a blue line on it. And I think I've seen the uh, I've seen the goalkeeper's kit on one of those teamwear websites as well for for about twelve quid. Where all of a sudden you stitch a Leeds badge, Leeds badge on it, and it's. Forty-seven pound fifty. So oh. I think we're in the wrong business, guys. <laughs> yeah, have you not seen the QPR one? The QPR one's just like that. It's literally just like a Nike template you can buy on like a Nike shop. Yeah, like a, on. like a pub. That's like a pub team yeah, kit, yeah. isn't it? I've seen it. It's well funny. It's a shambles. What's been your favourite new kit from this uh, this this new lot of, uh, of releases? Oh, this season. Oh, I, mm, I think the I think the, the West Ham one's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind the West Ham. I've not really seen many. To be honest with you, I think. Yeah, I think ours. Ours. I quite like ours. <laughs> Because it's the only one, only one I've had a good look at, really. 
Check out the uh, check out the Tranmere one. It's incredibly Tranmere. Oh, that is shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, 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 not only is it Cabrini, the old uh, yeah, yeah. Berry Market sportsmaker, it's also got own bargains in cheap cheap font down the middle. Now, I love own bargains. It's my favourite shop, but I don't want my football club sponsor buying. <laughs> no, never. It's, it, Definitely it, it, not. It is very Tranmere. I'll give you. It, it yeah. is. Extremely well. What we'll do, we'll take a quick two minute break. Um, before that, I'll just tell you to go and watch the Batman v Superman trailer online because it looks fucking ace. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about um, football for a change. So bear with us, back in a sec. Okie dokie, welcome back to Love Pod 19. Uh, it's segment number two where we're going to discuss the pre season friendlies uh, Saturday and today. First of all, uh, first of all, Saturday. Saw Wanderers face SK Stern Graz in Kumberg in Austria. Uh, Graz, of course, being a fourth place team in the Austrian Bundesliga, um, proved a bit of a tricky proposition. They turned us over 2 1 with a late penalty uh, conceded by our mate Dean Moxie, but we'll talk about him a little bit more in a minute or two. Um, I just want to know, both of you, I understand that you both watched the game, but just what your, your thoughts were. Dan, I know you saw the highlights, so we'll, we'll let you uh, take your abbreviated version first but what, what did you think you think it was a decent performance in stages or, or do you think it was a bit concerning I think attacking wise we looked good especially second half I think we looked sharp and we were getting forward quite quickly I think the wingers were getting good balls in Medine who we'll talk about soon well, for the next game as I mentioned fucking numerous times last week um, he looked good and I do think he might actually prove to be a decent signing after the initial backlash so to speak um, but defensively they did look all over the place I know it was only a young side especially mm. for staff I, I don't really understand why Maher was right back and White was centre back when I'm pretty sure that's the other way around pretty sure and we didn't we'd looked, we did and Twardzik obviously left back Moxie left back we don't look very solid but then again we are missing Ream we are missing Wheater Derek's only just coming in and he's looking our eat Davids there which you know Davids yeah but yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, as, I've, as we'll say, no doubt later on, I'm not too fussed about the scores at all. It's just them getting fitter. And I think I think they look a lot more arsed about it this year than they did last year. Even though they got, even though they did lose both games, I, I'm liking how they look. I don't know, I can't really quantify this in words because it's like, really, like a really fucking weird thing. I don't really know if I'm making any sort of sense. But I just think they look more for it. I think like, they look more interested, like, especially like Spearing and... Mido, even though Mido's a bit shit. I think, and Prattley, as we'll move on, when he kicked off, I think Prattley probably secured himself the armband now, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, we started off with, with a bit of an inexperienced first 11, didn't we? I mean, Amos came in for his, his second debut and, and Gary Medine came on at the start of the game and, and looked impressive. But other than that, um, it was made up of, like I said, now my hurt right back. White, for some reason, at centre-back. Devete, his performance rhymes with White. Uh, he was at centre back as well, and Twardzik at left back. Now to talk about the full backs, Tom, and, and feel free to bring in the second half full backs as well, which was uh, Threlkeld and Moxie, either side of uh, Derek Asade and Quade Taylor. But oof, have we got a decent full back at the club? No, mm, not I one. I don't think we have either. Right. he's not a full back. I think some would argue differently. I think he could. I think he could play. He could play fullback competently, but I don't think he's a decent. I don't think he. Right. You know, he'll ever be a decent top class fullback. Your, your first choice left back is a centre half, and yeah. your first choice yeah. right back is a central midfielder. And after yeah. and after that, you've got Dross behind. Yeah. I do agree. So, I wouldn't. Um, I don't. I don't know how much to go into the fullbacks because I'm not very positive about free. it. But Feel they don't. Free, I mean, whatever you want. Threat, I don't think Threckeld's going to follow Clough, Clayton, Vela off the conveyor belt. I don't think he's up to much. Swardzik doesn't doesn't look like a football player at all. I don't I don't know what job he's built for, but he's not a professional footballer. Um, so that's I mean he's 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 got to look for a left and a right back because beyond Ream and Vela, who aren't natural fullbacks, he's got nothing. And that's that's a big worry. I mean Dean Moxie, let's not talk about that penalty. What 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 he's doing, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, that's that's a big worry. It is, isn't it? And and there's not really any sign of that position being addressed now. I, I know I said in a previous pod that I'd be quite happy at having Vela at right back and, and Ream at left back. But why, mate? I, I think you know, heaven forbid, though, either those two should get injured because 
Hayden White's always looked like a headless chicken to me. Twizek, I've got no idea what his best position is yet. Uh, now Maher, I'll give him give him a night off because it's the first time I've ever seen him play. And like you said, he was out of position. Uh, Moxie is Moxie and Threlkeld. Well, you know, if he if he hadn't come through our reserve team, I wonder whether he would be anywhere near the first team at this minute in time. Um, I, I think if, depending on the severity of this this virus that Vela's got. There's every chance that you'd be looking at Threlkeld starting against Derby County, which, considering he's going to be coming up against Tom Ince, you know, £5 million Tom Ince, he's already making me think of alternative things to do on that Saturday afternoon. So, I've got a question there. Who do you think will be the, let's say, your defence the first game of the season, if everyone's fit, mm. if we don't sign anyone else? I'll, yeah, I'll go on then. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go with Vela and Ream at fullback, Amos in net, obviously. Um, and I'm going to say David and Derek. I'm going to say Tom. Well, if Wheater's hundred percent fit, he's he's the first person in that back four because yeah. Davit Davit needs someone who's going to lead him. I mean, he's mm. he's got a bit of pace, he's got a bit of pace about him, but you would not put him as captain in a back four at all. I mean, you'd, you'd have to put Wheater in there. Mm. Your full back. It reminds me very much of when. Sorry to interrupt, but it reminds me very much of when we had that night in there to try and lead Gary Cale, and, and it made it made both players better players. I seem to remember. Yeah, it's, it's it doesn't look like Davite's Davite's um, reading of the game isn't isn't up to it. I mean, on a one on one when he's when he's in a tackle or if he's running down the line running for pace with somebody, he looks all right. But it looks like his wider reading of the game's not up to it, and he needs someone to be constantly showing him or telling him where he needs to be. So Wheater's got to be in there. I mean, Derek's a bit unknown at the minute because I mean, yeah, he's come from Real Madrid, but I haven't I haven't watched him play. A proper match of football, yeah. So, and then, oh, it's hard. Right, we'll go Reem, Wheater, Davit, Vela as a back four. But I'm not happy with it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Jesus, that, all that positivity. Yeah, it just goes to show, yeah, it just goes to show we've not really got a lot of choice, have we now? Um, one person that did impress me was Fitzsimmons, sub-keeper. I know he only played, he only played for the, the majority of the second half, but... I thought he looked confident, he made a couple of good saves and, and it would make me uh, pretty content on that basis. It's been the first time that I've seen him play for us and he's been at the club best part of 18 months. Um, to, to be happy with him, to be our, our number two keeper and, and we can concentrate on our reinforcements elsewhere, perhaps where the need's a little bit more desperate. Um, but another point that, that I'm going to carry on with was was how good was it to see Pratt steam right in there? Mm. Um, I think that just goes to show he's the leader of this team. Do you think, Dan? Yeah, I do. I think it's still between him and Reem, and obviously Reem's not here, so we don't know if Lennon is considering him as the arm band, as, as the captain. But obviously, um, Feeney captain the game in the first half, and Pratley was on the bench against uh, at Sturmgratz. And then, but when they both started against Paderborn, which we'll come on to, um, Pratley had the armband. So Pratley's definitely the first choice captain at the minute. If it just depends if Lennon rates. Ream over him for the armband, but at the minute I, I've got no complaints with Prattley. He's just he's got the passion, he's got the experience, yeah. and in that position, you know, centre midfield is where you want your leader to be, on it, or so you can be all over the pitch. And like I said, Definitely. defending was it? Didn't didn't Freckel get challenged or something? And you just steamed in and defended That's him. That's right. You wouldn't get yeah. Matt, you wouldn't have got Matt Mills doing that, would you? So nah, Mills would be too busy oh. pulling Freckel up by the scuff of his neck. Tom, do you have any issues with Prattley being captain? Not a, no, not at all. Um, I'm actually, this is a rare occasion when I'm quite positive about it. I mean, it, we don't have um, a, a leader. You don't have anyone in that squad that you think that is, without a doubt, your captain. We don't have that natural leader. But I mean, to see to see Prattley steaming in like that, that's exactly what you want. I mean, that was a. It was a bit like Jerry Taggart, you know, against Villa at mm-hmm. home when he when he ran over and was it Stan Collymore that. He, that he gave a give a whack to or something was it? Uh, yeah, he got him by the scuff of his the scuff of his neck, didn't he? Yeah, um, that's what you that's what you want from a leader. You want someone who's especially a younger player like that. You want him getting in there, getting in people's faces, and that's what you want from a captain. And Davis wasn't that type of captain. He kind of was a lead by example. But no, you, 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 Nolan would have done it, wouldn't he? He'd have been straight in just mm. just as Prattley did. So I'm I'm really pleased with that, and I want him, I want Prattley to be uh, to be captain at the start of the season. That's a weird Excellent. one. Um, on that thing, I thought Matt Davis, despite his size, he was straight in there as well after he came off. I didn't get, thankfully, didn't get injured. I was like, he's our longest <laughs> serving player. I think people, if he wasn't injured all the fucking time, he'd be a candidate as well. I think just because of how long he he's would. been here, and I know he's not really, you don't really want a creative player as your captain. He isn't really that type of a 
Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, that, that, he doesn't strike me as no, that type. Me I, I'd rather he concentrated on getting on with his yeah, game than messing about anything else. I think as well, and, I, I, and one more thing on the fight, because I saw more of that in the actual game. I thought, I, I love how Derek was straight in there as well. Only been here mm. for this game, straight in, no messing. Like, yes, good lad. You know what these Latin types are like? They're very, very hot-blooded, passionate, right. ready for action, aren't they? You bet. Uh, right, right, well, shifting on to Paderborn today... Uh, I'm liking this YouTube streaming of pre-season friendlies, by the way. It gives me a great excuse at work, and it also gives uh, gives the website a massive boost in numbers too, which is ace. Um, but first surprise was that Clough, Clough wasn't playing. I, I can only presume that they're just resting him rather than trying to burn him out, Dan. Yeah, yeah, we don't need that. I think I'm liking this approach, especially um, we, as someone kind of pointed out on Twitter last week. They have been, the players have been working hard, and I think with the likes of Clayton and Clough, who've just coming back from injuries, there's no, no no need to risk them in, in against teams who are far along in their pre-season as well. There's just no need to risk them. And like I said, Clough played 45 minutes and looked very good already. So don't I don't need to don't need another injury. Thanks. Definitely not. Tom, it's a disappointment not to see him play, but I'm sure we can all understand the reasons why. He's got a long season ahead of him. He's first in professional football. Uh, let's not forget, um, he's got to just treat Clough with kid gloves a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, and as well, am I right in saying, well, there's been a couple of rumours about Manchester United sending scouts out to have a look at him, so maybe it was a, a case of Lennon saying, right, you're not playing, waste a, waste a bit of Louis van Gaal's money sending a scout out to Austria to watch Liam Feeney on the left wing, you never know. 42 million I heard last last rumour, but one person that would have caught anybody everyone's eye if they had been scouting was Gary Medina. Again, the little bit I saw... I had someone coming looking at my house because I'm selling my house, and I so I missed the first uh, first five minutes, and then I caught the last ten minutes before the stream died. But Medine again, I, I'm I tell you what, I'm liking what I'm seeing of that lad, uh, and he scored a brilliant goal, a, a, a good uh, a lob over the onrushing goalkeeper from fully 25 yards. Tom, it was an impressive finish. Yeah, did, it was. did you get to did you get to see it? I've I've, I've seen um, clips. I haven't seen the full one. Like I said, the stream was a bit dodgy at the start of the. Uh, Start of the game, wasn't it? And then, like you, I'm moving in to a new place, so um, it's been a bit of a pain this weekend. So I, I, I caught the Medine goal, but but aside from that, very little. It was a nice little finish. I mean, I feel a bit sorry for him. In the poll that um, when we did our, an article on who's your favourite signing of the summer, poor Gary got he got one vote, and I kept going, I kept going back to check the poll. And he still had one vote, oh. <laughs> so he's Ouch. he's not come with he's not come with a reputation, and the fans have been a bit gutted that he's not a bigger name. But I suppose when you've been played down in the way that he has, he might be surprising a few because nobody's expected anything of him. Um, and yeah, exactly, that's exactly. nice finish. It was it was a real natural finish, wasn't it? And and something that maybe we've lacked in recent years, but. I, I, I agree with you completely. Sometimes that you know the biggest surprises are the ones that you least expect, and and I can point to the Suicide Squad trailer for that regard. You know, I expect it to be a bit shit, but really, it's it's not too bad. Um, Dan Medine, do you think we can you can spring a surprise and, and lead the line well this season? I think Lennon's got a lot of faith in him. Yeah, I do. I think I think I made that point numerously and abundantly clear in last week's when I was a you know a wee bit intoxicated. <laughs> I do think I do think he he, he looks like. A stronger, more capable, and Craig Davis was stronger, capable, a more stronger, capable Craig Davis. He looks capable like, of being shanked. <laughs> such an unnecessary dig on poor Craig there. Who's? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do think. I think he's got he's got more of a presence about him than da- Craig Davis. Yeah, than Davis because Davis wasn't Davis was a bit smaller, wasn't he? And I think a bit he was stocky, but a bit more small. I think Medine's got that more of a towering presence. That's that's always like a worry in the back of the defender's mind. Definitely. So. Yeah, I, I'm in, I think he, I do think he could. I don't want to say it again because I said it so many times. I do think he could surprise a few next season. Well, well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. But you know, we lost four one, lads. Let's not get away from the actual point. Yeah. Um, we lost four one. It's it's only pre season. How long can we keep on saying that till about March, something like that? Mm. Bedding in for forty odd games. Tom, do you think? Do you think we need to? Uh, well, I think we need to take a bit of a look at it. Or do you agree with Neil Lennon in that we're just about learning? Getting fit, new players bedding in, etc. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad he said um, he, he mentioned getting fit because in both matches, the opposition has looked far fitter and far more prepared for the season than we have. Mm. That's been. I mean, the problem has been that we we look lethargic. We're like we're starting in second gear. Um, so I'm glad that he mentioned that that it's it's about getting fit. I mean, with pre-season, it, it's a it's a bit of a lose lose situation because if we went out and we beat Graz and we beat Paderborn. Um, we'd be going, yeah, fair enough, you know, good start, 
but it's only pre-season. If you lose in pre-season, and you'll have seen it because there's people on Twitter already saying, this is a joke, how can we lose to Paderborn? Um, it, it, you can't win with pre-season. If you win your games, then it doesn't matter because it's only a friendly. And if you lose them, then the manager's crap and he needs sacking. Yeah, there's been a few learning out, a few learning out tweets. I think you're right, uh, Dan. Just over overrule you a little bit there. Um, yeah, there is always an overreaction. It's typical Bolton. I mean, Bayern Munich lost at home today as well. Do you think they're going to have a bad season? I, I don't think you can read too much into it, especially when it is literally the the second the second preseason game for the mm. first team. Uh, I'm not going to get too upset about it. To be honest. But, but what do you, what do you think we can learn, Dan? I mean. Obviously, I think it, it goes to show that we need to strengthen still. Yeah. Or, or, to give you a third element, and I'm going to let you ramble on for a bit, um, this criticism of the training regime by Raymond Verheyen, the, uh, the mm. Dutch, uh, Dutch fitness coach, triple sessions, etc. You know, it's not all, His opinion is that it's not all about repetition of, of intense physical exercise. That's what causes muscle injuries, which, as we all know, last season was a bit of a problem. Um, what did you what did you take from the Paderborn game and what do you think it, it means going oh, forward? Just on Raymond, I'm, I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name again, but on you know Eggheads on Twitter, a Raymond Verheyen, yeah, on his comments, I think, I think it's Verheyen. On his comments, I think Bolton responded fantastically with the video with is it Mark Lever, the new yeah, that's right, yeah, head of analytics or whatever it is from that's Liverpool. right. I thought he he had a good four minute interview and just explaining their thoughts behind the training. I think they went into detail. He said, um, "We're doing this thing called." A lot of people complain about overload. That if you do that, then it's going to cause injuries and stuff. But then he was saying that you have to do that. In other other people's school of thought, are, if you don't, you do don't if you don't overload the players to a specific amount. If you don't push them that that extra mile, then when it do, if it ever they're not going to be used to it. So if they ever do, mm. you know, it's like you know, it's strong conditioning that type of stuff. I don't know. Watch the interview because he explained it a lot better than I did. Obviously, than I can obviously. But I thought the, the club in, the club responded in a really clever and a really smart way. Just explain. And I, I was explaining the club's own thoughts and um, ideas behind the fitness and giving a good insight of the club. If nothing else, it's just interesting. Isn't it? I, I hope the club, I hope the media team at Bolton do more like insider interviews and like that type of stuff. Because I do find that quite interesting. But um, what can we learn? I think we've discussed many new fullbacks desperately. And new striker. We we do need another striker because at the minute we've only got one, haven't we? Because Heskey's nowhere to be seen yet. No, he's, he's out. Do you reckon he's got a little a small injury? Yeah. Hasn't he? That's why he's, he's not able to play so far. And then he's still not signed either, is he? And fucking, I thought that'd be wrapped up by now. And Dobby, he's been he was been playing up front in here for the last two games or so. So we've got one striker signed on at the minute. I do think we need another one, to be honest with you. Definitely, we need another two or three, top, really. Definitely. Um, what do you think, Tom, about Stephen Dobby? I mean, I'm, I think it's quite an interesting one. I know he's not got the uh, a stellar record in terms of goals scored, but he's got a decent CV in terms of playing for, for teams that get promoted out of this division. He has, yeah. He has. He's, uh, if, if we were signing Dobby three years ago, I'd think, yeah, decent signing. Um, it just seems like his career's on its way out a little bit now, and mm. to be honest, I've got to be honest, I've got no idea how he did at Fleetwood. But the fact that he was playing League One football last season suggests that that his career's going a certain way. But I mean, two three years ago, if we'd have been linked, linked with him, I'd have been really happy. Um, but like you said, he's he's the lucky charm if you want to get promoted, isn't he? So and we need plenty of them. God knows that. So why not? We've only got one striker. Why not? Yeah, I think it was five goals in 25 games or something like that. Four last year. Four in 27 for Dobby last year. I think if he comes in to, let's say, replace Good Johnson, that's just, you know, I know it's it's the most depressing fucking sentence that's that's ever been uttered. That is the biggest downgrade in the history of the world. (laughs) I know, but... (laughs) Dan, 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 you've just just tipped me over the edge, mate. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Someone go and check on Tom, please. (laughs) As I was saying, if he replaces him in that role, as in, you know, just the the older and more experienced attacking midfielder we have to bring off the bench then I can we need need more than Dobby I'll gladly take Dobby because as you say he's very experienced and he's very versatile he can play across all every midfield position and up front and as we've said numerous times beggars can't be choosers but if we don't sign anyone else and just Dobby well then we're fucked really aren't we Mm, I really don't think that's going to be the extent of it, but I think he's he's one of them ones that you could maybe constitute to be a decent squad player. Yeah. But uh, but let's hope we leave it at that. Now the next game is uh, is Morecambe. I think it's on Friday night away. 
Um, so no doubt we'll see a new team all together from there. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed with you anyway. Um, and then on afterwards from that, they're moving on to Oldham away uh, again on the Tuesday night. So the, the games are going to start coming thick and fast because we are only three weeks away from the, uh, or three and a bit weeks away from the season starting. Let's hope we can get a couple of victories. Just make people a bit more excited and yeah. uh, a bit of positivity going into the season. But that's great. We'll, uh, we'll leave that there for the time being. We'll have a, a short break and we'll come back and we'll move on to the longest segment on our agenda, which is transfers. So stay where you are, go and get yourself a drink if you want, which contradicts staying where you are. But just do what you please, we'll be back in a minute or two. Okie dokie, welcome back again to segment three of the Love Pod. Uh, I'm still Chris, he's still Tom and he's still Dan. Uh, Transfers, a busy week in the world of Bolton Wanderers, uh, comings and goings, toings and throwings as well. Um, Let's just go through them one by one. To start with, Baptiste, gone to Middlesbrough for... Well, the best part of £100,000, if you may believe. Do you think that's a fair value to Tom, or would you rather we kept him for that kind of money? Um, no, I reckon if they'd have thrown in a big bag of Walker's sensations, that would have been a fair price. <laughs> Good um, Christmas, se- aren't they? Yeah, 75 grand, yeah. It's, 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 it's 20 grand a week as well, more than that. You know, it's, it's not so much the transfer fee, it's the... Uh, it's the wages as well, but he didn't want to be here, so just give us give us whatever you want, Middlesbrough, and then yeah, definitely it's, it's paid it's paid for uh, for the new signing from Real Madrid as well. If if again if we remember believe, which you can't really grumble if you get rid of it. I think Mark Isle said something similar: a twenty nine year old ex Mansfield centre half out yeah. on big wages and a Real Madrid Real Madrid B or C centre half with a, a decent prospect for the future. With a little bit of cash left over, you'd hope as well. So it's a decent deal all around, Dan, would you say? Yeah, I'm very happy. I was just going to say, we made a profit on him. And when was the last time we actually made a profit on a player? Yeah, good point. Very good point. Now, there was a bit of a, dis- a, bit of a disappointing end to, to his weekend, obviously. <laughs> but he, very sadly, he broke his leg playing for Borough on 50 minutes into his debut. Now, I'm not going to be the one to say it because I'm, 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 I'm more grown up than that. But, Dan, have you got a moment of, uh, of response to Baptiste's injury? <laughs> right. It's not Very just because cool. it's just Baptiste, right? It's just fucking well funny. Sorry. <laughs> very very cruel Tom I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to you for your response but I'm hoping it's more along the lines of my own than Dan's yeah no I'll, I'll bring some class to proceeding shall I eh, Dan um, <laughs> go for it there's, there's only the, there's only the Robbie Savages of the world that you would wish that on there's only oh, that rare that, that rare player that rare player that you've got no time for whatsoever that you'd, that you'd wish it on and even then Dan you'd probably keep it to yourself and <laughs> not tell anybody I feel so no, I, I just <laughs> I, I feel sorry that he's, that he's broken his leg. I just find it funny that he did it just after we sold him. That, yeah, it I, and it's more funny for Middlesbrough that they've spent money or they've bought a centre back and they're going to buy another one. Mm. It's a but bit it's, Frankie it's, Boyle of you saying that, Dan, if I do say so. It's funny. But Derek, has, let, let's get on to more positive matters and, uh, and, and more in, interesting things to talk about. Derek has brought his beautiful afro to the Reebok. I've got to say, this is the first signing that we've made in, in some time that I'm actually excited about. And I was thinking about the other day, we signed, we've signed tons of players in the last three or four years, tons of players. You know, you've got your boring ones like Andrews, Mills, and then you've got your average ones like Djokovic, Mason. I, I think this, this is up there with the good Johnson signing. Like in the, since we got relegated to the championship in yeah. terms of exciting transfers, purely because of his pedigree, we don't know, really know what he can bring, but Blumenek, he's got a good CV, Tom. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him play as much as I am. Yeah, just brilliant. I'm going to get get myself in the loss, dust off the Campo wig, and then just cross <laughs> cross everything that he's that he's decent. I mean, it it'd be a real letdown after all the hype if he wasn't up to much. But it's it's one to get excited about, isn't it? I mean, Bolton Wanderers signing a Real Madrid player, it's, it's brilliant. Um, so I, I just hope that he uh, he's a first teamer and, and he contributes something because this could be. Like you said, a signing to get really excited about. Definitely, we've had few. There've been few and far between in the meantime. Dan, do you know anything about him? And uh, and do you have any predictions as to how he's going to do based upon what knowledge you may or may not have? Uh, my only concern, I'm, I agree with you. It's really exciting. I think maybe Lafondra was up there just with excitement, and that was just more because we signed a good player. With Derek, it's like as I've said numerous times, it's a complete unknown, pretty much, and just. Getting like so getting an exciting name again, it's just not happened in so long, and to do it again, it just it just creates a buzz around the club. But I think my only concern with Derek at the minute is if how how quickly he'll uh, customize or not customize acc- acclimatize. That's the word. 
Mate, I'm rough, right? Settling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just how quick he'll adapt to the English game. He looks a bit... Sli- he's like he's tall and big, but he just looks a bit slight. And obviously, Spanish leagues are a lot less... Uh, Oh, I forgot the word. Physical. Physical. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> they're, a lot, they're a lot less physical, and so it'd be interesting to see how he does. I think Lennon said as much. It'd be interesting to see how he does in the friendlies coming up against the lower league teams. See how he plays against more English sides instead of European sides. And I don't know if he'll be a left back, centre back, left back. I don't know if he'll be a centre back or a right back as of yet, because a few have said that he's a bit slight for centre back as of now. And if we had Derek and Ream in there, then I think we'd be very weak. As of now, mm. so I couldn't. For my question before, and I was asking you who, which, what our defensive line should be. I could very easily see him be, see it being Derek, Wita, Ream, Ream at centre back, and then perhaps Moxie or Kellett at left back. Even though he's been using Kellett yeah. and a wing. Well, one thing, one, one thing for Derek is he's he's only I say yes. only he's only six he's only six foot tall. Yeah. Yeah, in this day and age, it's not a great deal, is it? But you mm. know, it's one of them in it where you just got to give him a chance and just oh, see how he gets on. Yeah. I'm excited to see how he does. I think that. in this league, a lot of it is a lot of it is uh, is positioning and timing, personally. Mm. Uh, and so I think if he's got that down in, in the sort of way that I think he has, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be a problem. I think he's going to be a decent asset, and uh, and we've finally got someone on a decent. We sent him on a four year contract as well. I think I think that's it's decent. Yeah, it's something that we've not done for a while. Yeah, I mean, we did well yeah. for getting Amos. I was very happy with that when he came. Definitely, in you'd, you'd expect him to have some, you know, a decent amount of resale value. Should should he do really well and eventually move on? But yeah, he's been an interesting one. Now we also signed another Spanish lad, uh, John Saberio, Chaberio, Caberio. I don't know how you pronounce it, but he's come from ex Real Sociedad Academy lad. Um, impressed in the first half against Everton, Dan. Can you remind us of how you thought he did against yeah, Everton I... last week? I thought he did okay. He didn't get much of the ball because Coles have a very busy team in midfield and they closed down quite well, especially in the first half when they had the first team out. I think he did. He come back on Tom in the second half. I think he yeah he kicked he him on for the last ten minutes. Yeah, when, um, was it Jamie Thomas? Yeah, he got him in just right. That's right. I think he played. He had a couple of good touches. And he played really one good pass out wide to the other signing we made, Lussie, who then crossed it in. I'd, he does look tidy. It'd be interesting to see how he did. Do we know how old he is? Is he 18, 17, 18, 19? Yeah, he's only a, he's only a kid. Um, I think BBC, I was reading BBC Sport earlier on, I think he's only about 19 maybe, something yeah. like that. I'd be interested to see what he does, because he, he looked all right. He, you know, it was his first game in a, you know, a new country with new teammates. I wasn't expecting to set the world alight or anything, but he looked tidy on the ball. Good sense of, um, you know, he's good position, on, you know, attacking midfield behind the strikers. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does, and obviously... We've got Tom on team now. Tom Mal- Tom Malloy on team now. He's going to be looking at the reserves and whatnot. So hopefully we'll know a lot more about That's him right. before too long. I think with him, you know, with him being a young Spanish international, uh, Spanish under twenty one international, I think he is, or, or academy international. Um, you'd expect his technique to be sound. So the, the rest of it, you know, the, the, the physicality, etc., can come later on. But we've also signed. Jordan Lussie as well from Liverpool. That's that's come as less as a surprise. But they were both announced on Sunday in a, a little mini flurry of activity equivalent to United announcing Schweinsteiger and uh, Schneidlin later on this afternoon. But Lussie and Tiberio, they're both going to go into the reserve team. Um, yet more evidence, perhaps, that the much vaunted academy expert Dougie Friedman's uh, methods not quite to the agreement, to the level of approval in the Lennons, Tom. Um, do you think we might see either of them in the Cups uh, before they make the step up to the to the first team this year? Yeah, maybe. I mean, what I liked about Lussie is I was, in the first half of the game, I was on the halfway line um, in the direction we were, we were facing and Lussie was on that byline and he did not shut up for 45 minutes and I thought it was really good because he, he was, I, I, you would suppose, one of the most senior players in that team. And he did yeah, not 20. stop chirping. He, he was chirping in everybody's ear from, from his right back to his central midfielders. And he was constantly talking to him. And you could tell him in the way that he was, he was playing that he'd had a good football education. And he, he did look out of, the, out of the team like the one who was probably going to be pushing towards the first team. I do believe he was captain of Liverpool's on reserve team. So it does make a lot of sense that he was that talkative and that... Yeah. You know, putting himself out there that much, and yeah, I thought he, he looked. He put a couple of good crosses in because he was playing. I believe he was more of a centre midfielder, but he was playing like on a right of a diamond, weren't he? And he put yeah. a couple of yeah. good crosses in, a couple of good set pieces. Looked decent on the ball. I, I think we will see him in cup games and whatnot next season. I was actually surprised he's not in Austria. Yes, yeah, so was I. Yeah, 
Well, the, the, I know that Ian Brunskill is is parachuting quite a few players into that under twenty one team. So I guess <clears throat> I guess they're just going to start padding that out, and then the best one, the cream will rise to the top, so to speak, and the other ones will will fall by the wayside. Um, mm. On the subject of falling Speaking by of the wayside, yeah, Conor Wilkinson's done one. He, he's also blocked was online of you, and after was maybe slightly less than complimentary about his skills. Um, but he's left for Barnsley on a, on a loan till January, which we all anticipate will be turned into a permanent deal. Uh, by then, we're not really losing anything now. Let's be honest, Dan. No, I feel like I've, I'm annoyed like that he's not pushed on because I was hopeful that he would come good. Like when he was making his debuts against Liverpool and Ipswich and that, I had hoped that he would come good because he always did look good in trainings and you know stuff like that in under twenty one games. So I am a bit disappointed it's not worked out. But against as Tom will testify against Colsey, wish it. Tom Wilkinson, you disappointed to see him go? I just think it's. Uh, it's a reasonable part of the ways for both teams. Well, I feel like I made some less than positive comments about him in my article, which may or may not have led to him blocking the Twitter account. So my, the official um, Tom statement on this is, uh, Connor Wilkinson is a lovely man and a very good footballer, and I wish him all the best at Barnsley, where I am sure he will score 20 goals this season and go on to represent the Republic of Ireland. Wow. And that, that's all I have to say on the matter. Wow, I, I don't Big know how talk. to respond to that. Yeah, it could just be. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to miss him. You know, like you say, wish him the best, etc. Um, but I think we might end up finding out that Division Three was his level all along. Um, which you know, we, we had a little try with him. It wasn't too much. Hundred thousand. We'll probably get half that back at best if we're lucky. Um, I think he's only twelve months into a three-year contract. So unless we're going to write it off and wish him all the best and say well if you get sold we'll stick a bit of cash in our back pocket then I can't see us really going to be getting too much money in for the lad uh, one player that we did get a bit of money in for was Lucy. sad to see him go to Wigan and um, we might as well talk about Craig Davis at the same time because they've both gone to the dark side both gone to Mordor searching out the one ring in the fires of Mount Doom otherwise known as the DW Stadium uh, Lucy and Craig Davis Tom sad to see him go or again you know do you think well you're not made it this this far you know, Lucy's case, that is. And Davies, well, you're a third division player at best. Uh, well, I know I keep bringing this up, but, you know, going back to the, the article on, on our lack of rivals, if this was, you know, uh, I remember when I was a kid, when we lost Nathan Blake and we lost Per Franson to Blackburn, I remember being absolutely gutted. And it was the same with your player. When, when a player went to Blackburn, one, particularly a favourite player, I was absolutely gutted with this. I'm just like... Yeah, fair enough. I mean, Odalusi, I was hoping for better from him. He never really got a chance, So, and he's played a lot at League One. And I think Craig Davis, if he keeps fit, he would surely make mincemeat out of League One. Mm. I mean, when he was when he was at his best for us this season, and I mean, I'm thinking Cardiff away, Cardiff at home, Wigan at home, um, he was absolutely unplayable, and surely at that level, he, if he stays fit, he's going to have a good season there. Um, so I don't really feel anything about it. I do wish Craig Davis in particular all the best. But um, yeah, I, I, I do. I hope they both do well. Uh, and Wigan finish seventh, just outside of the playoffs. <laughs> that would be nice, because that gobshite chairman of theirs has been making some tall, mm. tall statements on Twitter lately. So I think something like that would be nice. I, yeah, I've got a few mates who are Wigan fans, so I don't want them to have a particularly disastrous season, but I don't want them to get up either. So I'm going to commit myself to them finishing 19th, I think, just slightly above relegation. <laughs> um, and they can have a year They can have a year away from the fourth division before finally succumbing to the inevitable and going part-time sooner rather than later. Uh, speaking of part-time, we've got Ida Good-Johnson to say goodbye to. Now, a story hasn't broken that I expected to oh, break. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we, we had a bit of a tip from someone who will remain nameless that there was more to the Good-Johnson farewell than meets the eye. Um, the long and short of it was um, an unhappiness on the part of Good Johnson with the role Bolton played in his departure. Um, we didn't get any more info than that, but I, I assume it's going to be on along the lines of, a, of a, a, an offer that was made and maybe an offer that was rescinded or some kind of backstabbery that was going on. But yeah, either sealed his move to some someone in China, Everbright, yeah. um, where he's to earn upwards of 15 grand a week by all accounts as well, which is triple his Bolton salary. So I guess you can't really begrudge him one final payday in his career. You know, At least we got to see him back in a white shirt again. 
better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, all that kind of carry on. But did you feel burned by either's departure, Tom, or uh, are you a bit more, bit more stoic about it, like me? It wasn't supposed to end like this, Chris. This is not. <laughs> this is not how. This is oh not how the God. story ends. I know. This is not how the story ends. It's. I'm just. I'm only just ready to talk about it, but I'm absolutely devastated. I mean, I mean, it was brilliant to have, um, to have him back, and to you know to have a Champions League winner in our squad. Um, but not only that one that could still offer something, but I'm just absolutely gutted um, that he's gone. I mean, at the team sad, sheet today, I'm looking at, yeah, I mean, I looked at the team sheet today and I thought, who, who Sorry, is it that's, where, where's, in, in the back of my mind, I mean, something's missing here. And it, I was thinking there's something missing here when I was looking at the at the team sheet there's, and it was Ida that was, that was missing from it. And I'm just, mm. I'm only just ready to talk about it, but it's going to be a long a long time before I'm over it. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to send you over the edge. So we'll just move to, move on to Dan on that one. Dan, I know your your relationship with Ida is a little bit a little bit more uh, more recent, bit more bit less historic than than mine and Tom's as the old geezers here. But you could be no less upset than we are to see the end, see the, the sort of somewhat acrimonious and a little bit slight bitter taste in the mouth so, in the way it came about. It is so depressing, yeah. Because like it was like a dream come. I think I covered it a lot last week, but it was like a dream come true. Couldn't seeing him back here again. I remember like me and my dad saying when he first came back to England and signed for Tottenham, and when we were in the Premier League, me and my dad was going like, "Come on, Ida, we helped you help us out now when we helped after us helping you out or whatever." Just to see him back, and I never thought it'd happen when it didn't happen then. So for him to come back and to see him in a shirt, uh, no, in a white shirt again, it was genuinely just a dream. Oh, see him in a white shirt for the first time, I should say. It was just genuinely a dream come true. But it is just so hard to a bit of pill to swallow having it end this way. But I think as Mark Isles pointed out on Twitter, the Chinese season ends in November, and he's got the Euros in the summer. So. Come on, I don't get back in, lad. Well, it's not. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility at, at all. It, you know, it'd be a little bit, bit, a bit of a strange one, considering the way his departure was handled. But I don't care. and yeah, I mean, me neither, really. But if he has left under a bit of a cloud, you know, it might be a difficult one to resurrect. But I'd be all for it just because it's Ida. I'm just, I'm just glad I didn't spend thirty-five quid on Good Johnson, a pound a letter, and five pound a number or whatever it was, getting him <laughs> on the back of his shirt. Um, but. As a nice little segue there into the topic of new shirt numbers, I nearly wet myself when I saw Zach Clough wearing number 10 when we played Rats the other day. I thought that's absolutely incredible. And I feel slightly responsible for that as well, given the haranguing <laughs> of the official BWFC Twitter page to give Zach number 10 in the last few weeks. Um, but Clough, Clough being number 10, that's it doesn't really mean anything, but it means everything at the same time, do you think, Tom? Yeah, um, I mean, they are trying to keep to squad numbers as well, aren't they? I mean, Prattley was wearing 21 today, so it's it's a good sign. I think I think he will be wearing number 10 when the, when the squad numbers come out, and um, that's that's a real statement from Lennon to give him to, to give him that. I mean, for to give a young lad the number 10 shirt. I mean, it's, he's he's saying there that there's a, there's a lot resting on your shoulder this season. So how he deals with it is going to be up up for debate. But yeah, I'm I'm really pleased that he's got he's got that. Definitely, and Dan, you've got uh, you've got a minute now to tell me exactly what you feel about that. I was so fearful that he wasn't going to get it because I don't know why, and maybe because they wanted to reveal it in the game. But they, I don't know. But they kept giving him the forty in the training kits. Like everyone else mm. had got the new numbers. Vela had six, Spear and eight. Walker had been you know, got graduated from number fifty-two. What's to the point 42. of that? What's the point of that? <laughs> I don't understand that. I'm a fan of squad number talk, but bloody hell, fifty-two to forty-two. Why? I reckon I he'll get eleven that's... if Hall leaves. When Hall leaves. Mm-hmm. Maybe when Hall pop, leaves. Yeah. Let's be positive. Yeah, but. Seeing Clough finally, I was like, I was worried he wasn't going to get it. Like maybe he was going to be like, you know, them dickheads who get who get um, sentimental over high numbers, who shouldn't be allowed to play football. Really, I thought he was going to be one of them and stick with the number forty. But thank Christ, no, he got the ten. I think, oh, it suits him. It suits him. Seeing him jink through like, eight defenders and slot one onto the post. Oh, I can't wait next year. I can't. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Can we give Can we give Clayton eleven now, please? For next season, instead yeah, of Tom Walker, I, I can, I can, I can abide by that. But I was thinking, I was saying last the other podcast when we were talking about squad numbers for a good fifteen minutes, I said I could see him getting number nine if we don't sign anyone for number nine, since he's more of a, since he could play up front as well. But Chris didn't like, didn't agree with that. Yeah, maybe. No, I didn't agree with that at all, at all. But got to, got to put my uh, put my marker in the grip. Comes to that one, uh, Amos number one. Quite happy with yep. that. 
I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Threlkeld has stayed at number forty-one. You know, I, I had a feeling he might two. he might move up the ranks a little bit. I thought um, number two, yeah. Yeah, but no, he's not done as he has yet. But we'll see. We'll I'm see. Got, I know, but Vela. Why is Vela not number four? Why is defeat four? Fucking bullshit. Mm. Number bullshit. six is a cent- number six is a centre halfs number. Yeah. Number six has always been a centre halfs number. Bullshit. Number four should be Vela's type in midfield. So I totally yeah. agree. I can only imagine that Spearing is trying to. Evoke some sort of Steven Gerrard comparison by, by switching to number eight, but let's be honest, it, it you know there was an HD photo of Spearing's face on the uh, the Twitter page before. Is, yeah. Good grief! You could print that off and put it in, put it next to a fireplace, and your kid would go nowhere near it. He looks like he's had a hard life. Him, oh, we're getting so mean. I mean, <laughs> he did he did spend some time in Blackburn, the poor lad. So that's true. <laughs> that's true. He's probably contributed contributed to his crow's feet, if nothing else. Um, right, well, that that almost brings this segment to an end. I am just going to briefly, briefly bring up something that was on Sky Sports News before, uh, where Wanderers are apparently monitoring Manchester City youth team striker Jordi Hiwula. Hiwula is a 20-year-old academy graduate from City who scored nine goals in 20 games on loan at Walsall last season. Now, working under Patrick Vieira at City, um, and he's halfway through a two-year contract. Um, he's also suffered from a bad knee injury that ruled him out of most of the last season as well. Um, have you ever heard of him, Tom? No, never. Um, um, but that, that sounds good to me, 9 in 20. Yeah, not bad at all. What uh, Walsall, of course, who, uh, who did all right, didn't he? That's in the uh, last season. But Dan, um, rumours of a £500,000 fee surely rules out Wanderers on this one. Yeah, we can't. We're not spending money on anyone unless something happens and it's not going to do so. I no. didn't even, even bother Googling him because we're never going to sign him, unfortunately. But Supposedly, just... we're, we're, we're fighting Blackburn, Lee, Celtic, Huddersfield for uh, for his signature now. If you're talking about a loan deal, I could maybe agree. I could maybe get down yeah, with maybe, that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't think there's going to be any, any signing. Blackburn can't sign anyone with money, money, can they? Well, Leeds, have, Leeds have just spent three million quid on uh, on Chris Wood from Leicester as well, giving him twenty grand a week. So, uh, I think they're they're probably got more <laughs> chance of putting their hand in their pocket than we have. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, right, anything else on transfer talk? Do you think we might have missed? I think that's quite comprehensive that round, isn't it? Nothing I can think of, no. But I have been Brilliant, out of the loop right? the last week, so. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. You've been well out of the loop. But did you enjoy picking up an English newspaper every now and then while abroad? Like you never read newspapers at home, but you can't stop reading them when you're on holiday. I actually didn't do it because our hotel was like a fair walk from a shop, like a shop that sold in it, and I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, but yeah, I did. I did see when it. Read as well. Yeah, I just it's just getting on the Wi-Fi every day in the morning and do your regular Sky Sports news, Sky News, Twitter check. That's what it is. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well. That, That'll draw that topic to an end there. That's transfers for you. We're going to have a short break because I want to make a cup of tea and we'll be back to play Guess Who? This time, courtesy of Tom. That's right, I'm going to face Dan and his uh, Sambuca adult brain in a game of Guess Who. So I'll stay where you are. Don't say that fucking word. (laughs) Stay where you are. We'll be back in a minute or two for my inevitable victory. Stay where you are. Oh, I just thought I'd check you were all still Fucking there. Shit Welcome, <laughs> Welcome back to segment four of the Love Pod 19. Uh, we're all still the same people we were before. Um, we're actually going to play Guess Who? And now I know you're all paying attention. I'm going to give you to the lovely Daniel Murphy, uh, formerly an intelligent young lad making his way in the world, following his weekend's ante. He is now uh, Neil from the Inbetweeners. Dan, Guess Who? What can we expect? And then over to Tom for the game itself. Just one minute. Just let me let my heartbeat return back to the regularity since it's now going like double <laughs> the usual rate. Um, guess who? Basically, mm-hmm. I hope guys text check me, Mister Popular. Basically, it was Tom, your mum telling you to shut up, keep noise down. She's yeah, she's not, it's me usually telling her shut up when I'm trying to do this. Um, <laughs> basically, oh, fuck, I've forgotten the rules. It's a very right. It's a very simple game. Basically, Tom is going to throw some clues our way. And we've got to guess who it is. But the most important rule is you've got to shout your name out before you do it. Otherwise, that leads to technicalities, which, you know, I should have won last time we played Guess Who. But hmm, I wasn't given it for some reason. Absolute bollocks. But, yeah, I, I, I think we've explained it pretty well. So, Tom, over to you. Well, to me, right. First of all, the reason why I'm doing this and not answering is because I'm, I'm sick of the embarrassment um, of losing. And it's always on the Chris has always got it on the same club 
as well, which it makes it even that more painful. However, are we ready? Yes. We're ready. Okay. Clue number one. I was born on the 25th of February, 1973. Mm, okay. Clue number two. I appeared on the team sheet at the last game at Burnham Park. Was I even born then? <laughs> Dan Burnham Park was where Bolton used to play. Just in case you're <laughs> concerned about that. Clue number three, in 392 career appearances, I scored four goals. And all of those goals were at one club. <sighs> Jesus Christ. No? No. Okay. I'm not doing very um, well at clue, this clue, clue number four, my first career goal came in 1991, my last in 1998 but I didn't retire from football until 2011. Jesus Christ. Who is this person? Chris. Oh, no. I'm going to say Jerry Taggart. Incorrect. Shit. Right. This, this, this might be where you get it. Stop. Oh, Daniel Murphy. Me. Go on, then. Go on, then. <laughs> this is going to be embarrassing. Oh, fucking. I'm trying to think of the right back. Phil Byrne. Phil Brennan retired in 2011. What did I say? <laughs> incorrect. incorrect. What, when he was about 55? Retired when he was about 55. I think that was incorrect. Amazing. Very, very incorrect. Right, clue number five. This is where you might get it. Um, Tower FM gave me my nickname, which was The Immaculate... Dot, dot, dot. So his nickname was The Immaculate... Something. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Bloody hell. Oh, this is good. I really hope you get this last one because this is my last clue. Clue number you win, six. You win if nobody gets it. So you Ooh, do it. Yeah. Fantastic. Clue number six. Although I, uh, I've previously said I appeared on the team sheet at the last game at Burnham Park, it was not for Bolton Wanderers. Oh, that's oh, a great clue. Sneaky son of a bitch. That's a great clue. You sneaky son of a bitch. Let me have a bit of a think now. Was it Charlton we played on last game at Burn Park? It was. It was. Man, I don't even know the Bolton team from them, so fuck knows I don't know the Charlton think. team. Oh, Lord, I can't even think. You know, oh, let me just go, go through it in my head. Can we be cheeky and ask uh, when he played for Bolton? Uh, yes, you can. I'd need to double-check my facts and figures so, so it was accurate. Um, accuracy is not a prerequisite on this podcast, Tom. So just... just Give us a rough period. <laughs> right, so it was it was the early stages of the golden era. He signed in... <gasps> oh, Chris! Oh, he's got it, Annie. Go on. Anthony Barnes. The immaculate Anthony Barnes. Correct. <laughs> Never even heard of well, him before. Oh, he made out after that. He made out after that. Excellent clues. Yeah, that, that's the best set of clues I've had. That was ace, that. Definitely. And as usual, if anyone listening can let us know how many clues it took you to get that, uh, hopefully it's less than me, but I find that difficult to believe. No, but good one, that one, Tom. Excellent stuff. We'll uh, we'll have that game. Yeah, I thought you had me too, to be honest, until, uh, until I don't know what just what came to me when you were talking about him being there at the Allardyce era, and, and for some reason I always associate that with, with top-quality full-backs as, uh, as Neil Cox. <laughs> Barnes and Simon Charlton, a far cry from today. But no, excellent. Another one for my uh, another notch on my list, but a tough one this week. I, I enjoyed that very much. But we'll we'll dive straight into the Twitter question, lads, purely because it's uh, well, it's half ten, and I want to try and watch this Superman uh, documentary that just leaked out with Nicolas Cage. In, so we'll crack on. The Twitter question this week was posted following the Gratz game, um, and I, I wrote it and I regretted it because I didn't word it very clearly. What I was trying to say. Was, should we read too much into the defeat? Any sort of defeat in a pre-season game, it came out of my uh, my Jovic ale adult brain. With can we take anything from a defeat in a pre-season game? And most people did understand where I was coming from, and I'll come to you both in a minute or two just to get your opinion. Uh, but going through the responses we had, a uh, friend of the site and super kit expert Mark Yaselevsky, I think there are a number of positives. So Mark Chandlin is in a Sammy Lee. Uh, Amos already looking solid and Medine's ability to flick on is promising. Something we've already mentioned tonight, so we both agree with that. Jack Stewart at JJ Stewart 457. No injuries, always a big positive, especially for BWFC. 
That's true, but the curse of the uh, BWFC didn't follow Alex up to back to Middlesbrough, did it, unfortunately? Uh, Ginny Hadfield, so for the Cats' mum, not in the first game, but maybe if it was last game before the season starts. The main thing is fitness and getting to know one another. James Twidell, uh, James BWFC 22. Mark Davies has lasted two games, presumably without injury, mm. uh, and we're now certain Fina is dog shite. If, if, anyone, <laughs> well, if anybody was unsure. Well, James, yeah, um, I certainly needed two games to be sure of that. That was about 18 months ago. Um, and my younger brother, David, himself has commented, we've had pre-seasons where we've wiped the floor with teams and then had a terrible season and vice versa. So salient points there from the second most uh, handsome Manning brother. Uh, Facebook has yielded a couple of decent results as well. Um, Joe Norris, Comrade Wonder on Twitter, um, we can take into account when weighing up whether to fork out 30 quid for the derby match. Why that's categorised as a as a, a cat A match? I don't understand. I'm not going. I'm going to have to pay that because I don't have a season ticket yet. So I'm coming well, get amongst them leaving. So fucking, I will see. I'd say what I may, 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 may have a ticket on that day because the oh, aforementioned sorry. younger brother, younger brother of mine, is going to be on his holidays. So there you are. If you've got nothing Stop better him. to do, and I really take it, really take a dislike to you, you can always game with me don't worry about that yes um next one tom wilson this is an extreme another extreme opinion taking feeney's life is always an option although i say that after any result so (laughs) mixed bag (laughs) mixed bag to say the least we've had um a bit of a giggle at alex baptiste which we probably shouldn't have done and we've also had somebody proposing uh, murdering liam feeney which is not something we endorse as a podcast Obviously, anything that you do on that basis, we're not legally responsible for whatsoever. Liam Feeney, lovely guy, always treats his mother well. Let's leave it at that. But, Dan, uh, coming to you first, do you think that we can look into any pre-season defeats or do you think we just need to accept it? It's going to happen, especially when you play teams that have, uh, have played at a higher standard, such yeah. as Paderborn, who only just got relegated yeah, from the uh, Bundesliga last season. Yeah, yeah, I think people are forgetting that we are playing two good teams. Obviously, I don't, I can't testify to how much how good Sturm Graz are, but their their season starts like in a week, and they're obviously at the top of their fitness at the minute. And they had they had a couple of decent wingers, Sturm Graz. So, and we did well against them for our first game back. And Paderborn, yeah, the team that's just been relegated from the Bundesliga, a team that had no doubt a lot better than us. And you know, they scored what well, they scored a wonder goal, a penalty that sh- wasn't shouldn't have been given to Summit. <laughs> at this stage, you can't really look into it that deeply. It's just getting fitness and seeing if anyone's looking sharp and looking good or looking disastrously shit. But mm, you can't take right. anything on a whole. Yeah, we've got to wait till, you know, till we've played a few more had a few more games under the belt yet and see what how the squad's looking. But I'm I'm not too concerned just yet. I think No. I've always been like a subscriber of the notion is that you learn more from a defeat than you do from a victory, so I I'm do you not think, though, the, you know, that, that that's all well and good, and I do agree with I, you to a point, but... I know what you're going to say, yeah. we, we, don't want to be, we don't want to be getting into September and start no, saying no, that, do No, no, of course not. I think... We, I'm, not, I'm not too asked about losing to the teams we have now, especially when it's just about fitness. They've gone to Austria to improve fitness. That's the whole point of it. A win would... A win... A win... Fucking hell, getting topical. A win would have been nice, but it's not the end of the world. But I think when we start playing these League One teams, um, starting with Mark on Friday, I will be looking for better results then. Tom, um, can we take anything from a defeat? Yes, we, um, particularly the younger players. We can have a look at them, see which ones need to go out on loan, which ones are ready, which ones need another season in the development squad, um, and then some of the players that already look like the one foot out the door. Have a look at them again and see if see if we want to keep them on. Maybe, you know, Rob Hall's had plenty of time on the pitch. Um, Spearing's finding his way back in so you know it's a chance for them for Lennon to have a look and see if he wants to keep hold of him but um, let's let's stop these tweets about this is a disgrace we shouldn't be losing to this Lennon out Let, let's stop all that because um, that's ridiculous Agreed, it's, it's bonkers isn't it and, and I think we'll, we'll bring it to the close with that agreement most definitely we'll have a think in the next couple of days we'll pose the question for next week um, which is going to be released hopefully on Sunday afternoon given the fact that perennial layabout Daniel is going to hold it again in yeah. a kind of uh, Richard Branson style of two holidays in two weeks I don't know who he thinks he is but we'll record nice and early probably on Saturday next week so we may even get it Saturday you may get it Sunday depending on what we get up to 
but hopefully you've enjoyed the elongated uh, Love Pod 19. Uh, thanks very much to both of you for, for coming on tonight. Dan, um, usual question, where can people find you online if they want to talk about Wanderers or anything with you? Yeah, just at Mabroski as always. I'm probably, I'll probably be gone again within a week, so don't expect too much from me, but be about, say hello, you know where it is. Definitely. Uh, and whilst I've got you on, Dan, uh, what's your favourite chocolate bar? Fucking hell, you throw these on me. Um, I like a boost every now and then, but I think... That's well, fair enough. Refriger- I, asked, I, did, I, did, I did ask you what your favourite chocolate bar was. A refrigerated, a refrigerated twirl. A refrigerated twirl, okay. Specifically refrigerated. Very precise. <laughs> yeah, to what, to what, I won't ask to what temperature, but Tom, uh, again, great, uh, gra- gracious, 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 thanks very much for you making your appearance tonight. Where can we find you, and uh, and what are you up to later on this week? Are you, uh, you're a teacher, aren't you, I believe? So are you on half term yet? Are you finished? I may or may not be enjoying one of the 13 weeks of holiday I receive a year, yes. Um, Son of a so, bitch. And, and brilliantly timed with the ashes. So if you want to find me on Twitter, as always, down the money, RD, um, rolled as in RD, not spelt roll. Um, but I've Fantastic. warned you, I will be talking cricket for the next two, three weeks as well as football. So if you don't like cricket, don't follow me. Simple yeah, as that. I might be following you. <laughs> fair dues, fair dues. Well, uh, as usual, I'm at 90 Manning 83, and we're collectively at Line of Vienna, Steve, S T E. We still don't know who Steve is, but whilst I've got all your ears on, I just want to thank you all for your incredible uh, support of the website over the last six weeks or so since I took over. Um, statistics from our American Overlords showed an increase of over 400% in the listenership, and we're currently doing uh, near on treble this year, what we did last year in terms of people visiting the site every day. So I hope you're liking the content we're putting out. We're going to keep it going over the course of the, uh, the post-season as we get into pre-season now, obviously, as well, coming up with the August 7th uh, derby game at home. So keep it on the website, keep it on the Twitter, uh, keep it on the Love Pod, leave us a review, rate us, keep it five-star. If you see us on the street, give us a pat on the back. We're only just fans doing this out of our, uh, our goodness of our hearts and the fact we haven't got any lives whatsoever. Uh, but we enjoy it, and it seems like a lot of you do too. So we're, we're very grateful, and we're going to carry on, even if you're not. Uh, so, yeah, stay where you are. Um, we'll be back next week. Same back time, same back channel. Have a good one. See you later.